Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 8th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we are going to start the show with mm-hmm. a little bit of, of sad news. Over the last few days, we've had uh, a couple musical theater folks pass away. Uh, the first one was Bobby Rydell, yeah. who was actually more of a teen idol, uh, but he did turn that into a little bit of musical fame as he starred opposite Anne Margaret in the 1963 film version of Bye Bye. By Birdie. He passed away from pneumonia just a few days before he turned 80. The other one was more of a theater and Broadway star as uh, the Tony winning actress Ray Allen passed away at the age of 95. She's perhaps mm-hmm. best known um, for her role in Damn Yankees, which she played both uh, in the original Broadway production and in the film version. Yeah. Um, I was actually legitimately listening to Shoeless Joe, the song she sang, she played Gloria yeah. the Reporter on Sirius XM Satellite Radio's On Broadway channel when I was oh, in the yeah. car the other day and I was like, yeah. this is such a great song and a great it's performance. A like, it was, it's really, I mean, this was just a couple days before she passed away, but she was nominated for a Tony for that. She was also nominated again in 1967, 12 years later, for Traveler Without Luggage, and then she won the Tony Award for Best Featured Actress in a Play in 1971 for Anne Miss Reardon Drinks a Little. She also was on um, a ton of television over the years. The Untouchables, Car 54, Where Are You? The Patty Duke Show. She played Edith Edith Bunker's cousin Amelia in All in the Family. Had a bunch of guest spots. She played Mrs. Sokol on Seinfeld and Aunt Mm -hmm. Quintina Blundetto on The Sopranos. I've never watched The Sopranos, so I don't know what that's all about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also was in a league of their own. So um, our thoughts go out to everybody who loves both Bobby Rydell and Ray Most Allen, definitely. both as a performer and a uh, person, because those are definitely folks that, having grown up watching those movies, I have seen many, many times. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's get into the rest of the news. And I'm just going to pull the Band-Aid off because, like... Do it. If you are looking at the gestures wildly at the world, you know that things aren't great when it comes to COVID right now. So we've got a couple new COVID stories that we want to just say the top of the show and get them out of the way. Yesterday, you and Grace talked about the fact that Matthew Broderick had been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. Yep. No surprise here. His wife and (laughs) co-star, Sarah Jessica Parker, has also tested positive for COVID-19. See, I was trying to stay optimistic about this. Like, maybe. Because there are plenty of couples where one have been sick and the other hasn't. But that totally. that's a really bold wish yeah, for, some, that's for people who do eight shows a week. And live together. And live and, together. Yeah. yeah, you know uh, that little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they have canceled the Thursday night, April 7th performance. Um, as you guys mentioned, uh, Tony winner Michael McGraw, who co-starred mm-hmm. with uh, Matthew Broderick uh, and Nice Work If nice You work Can, if get, you can it. get It. Mm-hmm. He had gone on uh, on Wednesday night. I don't know if they will continue to run with uh, Michael McGraw and Aaron Dilley, who is the standby for Sarah Jessica Parker, or if they will just shut down until they are both back, or at least one of them is back. Um, it's I tough. Can't, um, yeah, at those prices, I can, I can see a lot of people not wanting to see McGraw and Dilly, even though they oh, yeah. are both fantastic. And I don't blame them whatsoever. You guys talked about that yesterday yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that. Like, completely understandable if people, you know, they're billing this show on the fact that Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick in the lead roles. So, completely understandable if he, for the prices that they are, people don't want to spend that money to see the understudies. I'm sure it will be a good time 
if you're a fan of the play, uh, nonetheless. But yeah, it's it's a tough situation for this show, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of the few shows that I could see a reason to just cancel performances yeah, altogether. Because like even, you know, even with The Music Man, with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster as the big stars, they're like... You could seemingly throw Max Clayton on for Harold Hill and you've still got the rest of the show. This is, it's not a two hander because there are other people in the show, but for all intents and purposes, it's a two hander with two huge stars. Again, again, it is billed with them. The music man can kind of coast along on his own. Obviously, it's being billed with Hugh and Sutton, but I mean, it's still the spectacle that is the music man. So you can get by without that. Yeah. Um, and other COVID cancellation news, 59 East 59th has unfortunately canceled the remaining performances of the play Heartland. It was done in collaboration with the Jiva Theater Center. It was supposed to run through April 10th, so it's not like it's a ton of performances, sure. but they did cancel the rest of the run due to a COVID outbreak. All right. We might talk about COVID at some point, but I'm done with COVID news for the rest done. of the show. Wipe Got your that hands out of the it. way. Yeah. Well, and, and mm. some like hand sanitizer. Yeah, and stuff. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into some, uh, some more good stuff. Some actually good news is let's talk about awards. Yesterday, the Tony Awards announced their entire full calendar of the lead up to the Tony Awards. And it is the first time that they're going to be doing things in person since the 2018, 2019 season. And there are some things that are going to be a little different than normal. The nominations will be coming on the Tuesday following the eligibility cutoff date, which is normal. But instead of everybody freaking out at 830 in the morning, everybody will be freaking out at 1 p.m. on May 3rd when the nominations are announced. They will be streamed via YouTube. I don't I like know what this they, is. I like that they, uh, you know, fit this around my sleep schedule because I'm certainly <laughs> not awake at eight in no. the morning, but I you're, am barely awake not, at one. I was going to say, you're not up at 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, barely. Barely. <laughs> if um, we're lucky. Yeah, no, absolutely. As we know, the Tony Award ceremonies will take place at Radio City Music Hall on June 12th. They meet the nominees press luncheon will happen two days after nominations on Thursday the 5th at the Sofitel Hotel in New York City. Um, the nominees luncheon will happen at the Rainbow Room on the 24th. And the Tony Honors reception will be held for the recipients of the 2022 Tony Honors on June 6th. Uh, you know, there there was yeah. some talk. There was some talk. Uh, I think David Gordon kind of, you know, put this out on Twitter mm-hmm. a couple of days with all these cancellations, with all these shows opening in April. Might the Tonys yep. push back the uh, uh, the eligibility deadline? I understand why they don't and probably why they can't, because you have to get people in to see all the shows that are nominated yeah. if they haven't already with all of them opening. So I know logistically it might not be a good idea, but A schedules for like openings are going to be disrupted and yep. B I don't love the idea of all these people getting together for in-person events right now. Of uh, course. So much yeah. for not talking about COVID, but we can't yeah. help but talk about COVID. Same. It's, it's, we don't well. talk about COVID. <laughs> exactly. Except we do at all times. That's, that's the thing. This is, uh, they're not being particularly cautiously optimistic about everything. And I know they want to get back to normal, but we are seeing what seems to be a new outbreak here, unfortunately, similar to what we had for Omicron. And I hope it doesn't get to that level, but we just talked about a major cancellation. We're going to, we've already had major cancellations this week. I'm sure we will next week as well. It 
is hard for me to be excited about a bunch of people in a room together where they're already trying to be as cautious as possible to keep these shows running. It's just, yeah. it, it seems like the wrong time to be doing things in person again. But, uh, you know, choices abound always. Before we started recording, you talked about the fact that you don't like doing in-person things ever. No, so, God, like, no. Just from a personal social perspective. So I don't like to be perceived. Never mind COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to do with COVID. It's just you <laughs> yeah, don't like no, to be around just people. Don't yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, <laughs> sticking with the awards discussions. Yesterday, the nominations for the 37th annual Lucille Lortel Awards were announced. These, of course, honor the best and off-Broadway achievement throughout the year. POTUS co-stars Lily Cooper and Leah Deliria announced. The nominations. The awards will be um, handed out on May 1st at the NYU Skirball Center. We already discussed the fact on a previous episode that the Lifetime Achievement Award will be going to Deirdre O'Connell and the Playwrights right. Sidewalk inductee will be David Henry Wong. Let's Damn get right. into the nominations. The nomination for Outstanding Play are Coal Country, English, Letters to Sarish, On Sugarland, and Prayers for the French Republic. The outstanding musical nominees are Black No More, Intimate Apparel, Kimberly Akimbo, and Oratorio for Living Things. Outstanding revival nominees are Assassins, The Chinese Lady, Twilight, Los Angeles, 1992. Outstanding solo show go to Christina Wong, Sweatshop Overlord, Little Blue Girl. Those are the only two. Um, outstanding director <laughs> goes to David Cromer for Prayer of the Fr for the French Republic, John Doyle for Assassins, Lee Sunday Evans Oratorio for Living Things, Tavy Mager for Twilight Los Angeles 1992, and Whitney White for On Sugarland. Outstanding lead performer in a play, Stephanie Berry on Sugarland, W. Trey Davis Tambo and Bones, Elizabeth Marvel for Long Day's Journey in Tonight, Shannon Toe for The Chinese Lady, and Mary Wiseman for At the Wedding. Uh, actually. Talked to Mary Wiseman today. Had an interview oh, with her. Oh, hello. She, she was fantastic. That'll be coming out here in the near future. Exciting. Uh, also, very cool that these are genderless categories. So, love yes, that. Yes, thank goodness. Outstanding featured performer in a play, Abina for Nollywood Dreams, Betsy Adam for Prayer for the French Republic, Francis Ben Hamu for Prayer for the French Republic, Jacob Ming Trent for The Alchemist, and former... Tell me more guest Tom Sesma uh, uh -huh. for Letters oh, yeah. <laughs> of Sarish. Outstanding lead performer in a musical, uh, Kirsten Piper Brown for Intimate Apparel, Victoria Clark, Vic uh, Kimberly Akimbo, Justin Cooley, Kimberly Akimbo, Tamika Lawrence, Black No More, Ahmoud Maksud for The Visitor. Outstanding pr featured performer in a musical, Stephen Boyer, Kimberly Akimbo, Bonnie Milligan, Kim Kimberly Akimbo. Ethan Slater, Assassins, Will Swenson, Assassins, Lilius White, Black No More. And in the first ever uh, Outstanding Ensemble category, we see the teams from English, Oratorio for Living Things, and Twilight, Los Angeles, 1992. We will have a list with all of the nominees in the other categories as well in the show notes. But even it. for kind of a short year, like a condensed season, actually, yeah. like, there's a lot of really good stuff happening off-Broadway. There's some really good choices in there. Obviously, have seen several of those and have already raved about how much I love the soon coming to Broadway Kimberly Akimbo. So, very glad to see so many nominations for them there, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of shows that um, are probably coming to Broadway, we know Kimberly Akimbo is, but yeah. on Wednesday night, we had the opening for Suffs. 
even Ish. though it yeah. didn't actually open because the performances were canceled. Yeah. I'm going to run through some of the reviews just in brief. Um, and I will give you links to all of the, you know, the aggregation sites if you want to get them. But I was really, really surprised, Ashley, especially after too. you saw it and raved about it, that the reviews were do. incredibly mixed. The review aggregator site, Did They Like It, um, had four positive reviews, four middling reviews, and one negative review. Um, but what was interesting about all of the reviews that I read, Ashley, were that even the ones that were, you know, in the middle, they still thought that there was a lot there and had suggestions on how it could be turned into a That's great show. a 100% correct, yes. Yeah, presumably when it moves to Broadway, because I think it will. Of uh, course, I believe so. Yeah, of course, it is uh, playing the public theater right now, and it is um, written by Shana Taub and stars Shana Taub, as well as a who's who of Broadway stars, Philippa Sue, Nikki M. James, uh, Jen Colella, and, and more. Uh, but let's start with Maya Phillips, and I will say I was very pleased that about two-thirds of the reviews uh, that Did They Like It had were written by women. Thank so, God. So that is uh, a really nice thing. But Maya Phillips for the New York Times said, quote, for all the work this show does to illuminate the successes and failures of the women's rights movement and the constantly evolving nature of our politics, it focuses so much energy on seeming as timely as possible. But as the suffs learn, movements transform. Our government leaders change, as do, as do the demands of the people on the picket line. It's a lesson the musical should take to heart. You can't live in the past, present, and future of our nation's politics all at once, at least not without losing your way. Raven Snook was more positive about the show writing for Time Out. She said, quote, although musical theater often celebrates women, few shows have turned the spotlight on feminism itself. Shana Taub helps fill that gap with the artful and inspiring historical epic selfs. Um, Helen Shaw was mixed as Maya Phillips was. Uh, she's writing for Vulture, of course. Mm -hmm. And she said, quote, the musical is already piercing and deeply felt and good. Just a few amendments to go. And like a certain constitution I could mention, it might be truly great. Mm -hmm. So uh, I will mention the other women who reviewed this show include Marilyn Stasio for Variety, uh, Andrea Towers for Entertainment Weekly, and Haley Levitt for Theater Mania. It's nice to see. Uh, maybe they exist. Give, they exist. They, they do exist. You know, it would be nice to see women review shows that aren't just, all, you know, about and starring all women and non-binary people. Uh, but uh, I guess that is possible after all, that there are women that exist <laughs> as critics in the theater industry. I, you know, what I will say, as much as I raved about it, I absolutely agree with even the most middling of these reviews, the ones that say that this is good or it's great, but it absolutely needs work. Totally needs edits. I think the, one of the major things that I think has been a hard thing is that it's going to be really hard to stray away from the Hamilton comparisons because of the nature of the impossible. show. Which, yeah. Impossible. Both unfair to it and entirely expected. And I think there are things that Hamilton does well here in adapting that this doesn't. Suffs moves so quickly and is so constant because it's sung through and 
you know, the character of Alice is constantly moving and forces those around her to be too in the same way that Alexander Hamilton is. Here it loses some of the humanity with the characters. Um, a lot of the reviews said that sometimes it reads like a book report. Totally does sometimes. I think it's just because there's so much in the show. There are definitely cuts that need to be made, which is also not unexpected for sure. an off-Broadway musical, especially one that came from the public. I mean, everything that's come from the public, basically, um, before it has made to Broadway has had at least some songs cut. Um, we had like some recapitulation here and a couple of standalone numbers in this that are entirely lovely and well-written, but they don't need to be here. And I still think, unfortunately, in talking about anything with the suffragist movement, we really see black women as a footnote, and we still do in this. I mean, Aisha DeHaas, Nikki M. James are especially terrific, but it still feels like a show about white women. But I do think that this it's ambitious in the best way. Uh, Pippa Sue and Grace McLean especially are sensational. They are incredible. If it moves to Broadway, they are easy, Tony nominees. They are wonderful. And that there's just it's is there's so much good in this and there's so much great in this and I think it just needs a very steady hand to edit it to kind of get away from that bookish report that we're feeling here. Yeah. The uh, somebody didn't like that review because the police are coming to get you. I, don't know. I know, and I was trying to not uh, uh, have that in the audio, but it Sorry. seems they are right out my window. That's so, right. You know, maybe they're maybe. pro suffs, which may yes. not be the best recommendation if the NYPD is yeah. on your side. But hey. Moving on. Um, then let's get into some <laughs> quick show and casting news. And what is really a surprise, uh, yesterday it was announced that the 2013 Tony winner for Best Musical Kinky Boots is returning to yeah. New York this summer. It'll be playing Off-Broadway's Stage 42 Theater and will again be directed and choreographed by Jerry Mitchell. It'll begin performances on July 26th with an official opening on August 25th. This is one of those theaters that has never had a show really do well. Um, yeah. So I will be interested to see it. Maybe one or two. Was this where um, Yiddish Fiddler was? Uh, I can't remember. I get them all confused. I but think so. No, no, not a lot of, of really good commercial runs have been there, but this really could be the one. I was. This is where Yiddish Fiddler was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, I was surprised at how excited people on Twitter were when this announcement came out. Um, I thought I love people it. would kind of be, I mean, I like the show, but I just, Okay, it ran, you know, for 2,500 performances on Broadway. So it's like, I didn't think people would be super excited to see it again, but I'm glad that they are. I don't know. It's one of those that I think uh, obviously has a fan following. It is definitely a crowd pleaser. I saw it super late in the run when it was on Broadway, and it was like the audience around me was entirely comprised of tourists, and we were like in the orchestra. So I think it is definitely one of those along the lines of not quite, but like Jersey Boys, where you could put it off Broadway and it yeah. will potentially run for a very long long time for those reasons i love this i wish more (laughs) i wish more shows had the opportunity to do this where they could play off play broadway for a while recoup and then move to a off broadway house but you know that's the business look we had heard rumors that 
pre-pandemic, a certain show that featured somebody making pies when it closed yeah. on Broadway yeah. was supposed to go off Broadway with a mm-hmm. certain um, Tony winner who had once played a green girl and an, an ugly girl who gets taken to a party to win a bet. Um, she was the supposed weirdest. To- re- you're describing the weirdest revival Sweeney Todd ever. <laughs> that's Thanks. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but that's who was supposed to do it off Broadway, and that never happened because of the pandemic. And then it came back yeah. to Broadway afterwards. Um, but I would love to see said Tony winner um, play that role at some point because she is one of my absolute sure. favorites. But mm-hmm. anyway, let's do some out of town news here real quick. Yesterday, the Muni announced the stars for its upcoming production of Mary Poppins. It'll be led by the star of the Razzie winning musical, Diana, Jenna yeah, DeWalt. Right. She'll be playing Mary Poppins. She will be joined by Corbin Blue as Bert, Andrea Burns as Winifred Banks, Darlicia Searcy as the beggar woman, um, Nihal Joshi as George Banks. And it'll all be directed by John Tartaglia, who I believe played Bert on Broadway as well. Maybe. Uh, I think so. Anyway, maybe not. Um, this one will be running July 5th through the 13th in St. Louis. Sticking out of town, uh, going up to the Goodspeed Opera House, they've recently announced the cast for their upcoming production of Cabaret. And in what seems like phenomenal casting, mm-hmm. they have cast recent Broadway, not recent, but last fall Broadway radio guest um, Jelani Remy in the role of the Master of Ceremonies, which is really, really interesting. Absolutely. Having a Better. black man in that role is, yeah. is really adding a lot of layers. Better casting than another production of Cabaret that we talked about yesterday. Mm, hello. Um, mm. Also interesting about this one is that they are going to be recreating Bob Fosse's original choreography from Mine Hair. Uh, oh, absolutely. Which is is very cool because Mine Hair was not in the stage show. It was created for the film right. adaptation, but it was added mm-hmm. to the revival um, back in the 90s. So that'll be very cool. Um, this show will run May 13th through July 3rd. And then finally in this section, TikTok, like the actual TikTok. TikTok is investing in a new musical from the creator of Ratatouille, the musical. Um, I don't know what this means, but uh, Daniel Mertzluft <laughs> is writing a new musical via the same way they did Ratatouille, the musical, um, and it's going to be financed by TikTok. I don't know what any of this means. It's like NFTs. I don't know what yeah, those are. that's fair. But – it's interesting, and we know how well that first one was. This one is it will be called For You, comma, Page, like P-A-I-G-E, like a woman's mm. name. So um, anyway, it will be available to live stream on the at TikTok account on Thursday, April 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, performed at a theater in New York City. That's all we know. We know nothing else. Like, we don't have a lot of information here. It features original songs by a ton of, of TikTok people. Okay, I don't know what to expect for this, but it is very, yeah. very interesting. I mean, the Ratatouille one was fun, so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, and I, yeah. you know, this this is an interesting, certainly an interesting time we live in, but an interesting development as far as theater in general goes. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see more, and I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, it has. It features um, former Dear Evan Hansen star Roman yeah. Banks, former uh, Tell Me More guest Christina Alabato is in there as well so uh you know i i this is a brave new world we're living in with tiktok financing musicals but 
Anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up the show with a feel-good recommendation. And recently, the Rockers on Broadway concert series, which has been going on for a while. It benefits uh, the Path Fund, Inc. And uh, they've released an album. It is Rockers on Broadway, colon, uh, live, uh-huh. par- parenthetically, volume one. And it features some of the best live performances from Rockers on Broadway concerts over the past 28 years. Um, we got a little snippet of a uh, preview of a track that is the number the first track on the album it is the song as ashley might now understand there where the name dun, on dun, my dun, 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 dun. there you go that's my there name in the zoom <laughs> chat right now um, it is under pressure and it features alex brightman and michael serverus also in there this one is bonkers to me that they have this the second song on the album is i'm a believer by mickey dolan's like ooh. The original monkey, Mickey Dolan, who I yeah. believe I might have seen in Aida on Broadway. I can't remember if I saw him uh. or not. Um, but Dream a Little Dream by Emma Hunton. The Show Must Go On by Morgan James. No Rain by Constantine Maroulis. Purple Rain by Flippin' Lashans. Uh, uh, absolutely yes. amazing. Hallelujah by someone who I'm not going to mention. Um, they can go over to Spain and do interactive productions of shows because, oh. <laughs> you know. Anyway, mm. this is very cool. Um, and I believe it's available on your streaming services now. So you can uh, hear that there. But Rock on. Da- there's a difference. Okay, here. Because it's theirs is dun, 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 dun. Ours is dun, 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 dun. It's a difference. It's different. It's not the same. It's very subtle, but it's there. It's different. Yeah. Wow, that's a deep cut from behind the music. Oh, I got it. Yeah. All right. That's all that we have for today. Thank you. Vanilla Ice, then. I mean. I, I guess there are worse people I can be. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I, guess there's so. a few. I guess. Like that person heading over to uh, Spain <laughs> yes, to do an interactive exactly. version show. Anyway, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Vanilla Ice actually um, used to do a home remodeling show on HGTV. It was oh. actually very good. It was what was very it called? Good. I, it had to have been. A, it was, was it punny? It had to have been a pun. It, of course it did. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> You're better at the Googling real quick. Let's oh, see. God, but I'm holding Hold a on. mic in a very particular way. Okay, I got it. I got it. It was called The Vanilla Ice Project. Oh, it, it, come on. It's lame. It ran for nine seasons starting uh, in 2010. It was uh, on the DAY network, which is now the Magnolia network. Oh, okay. uh, but it is, uh, it is available to watch on Hulu, and that means it should also probably be available on Discovery Plus because that's where Magnolia network is there you housed. Go. There's now. your feel good recommendation for the weekend is to watch the Vanilla, <laughs> the Vanilla Ice, Ice Project. Project. Hell yeah. Anyway, all right, go look that up, folks. All right, have a wonderful weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. Mm-hmm.